0: Back, everybody, to laying the points with Farley Betts. Going to be a solo pod today. Going to talk a little NFL, especially the AFC conference, and some of the ways we feel about these teams heading into the 2022 2023 season. In addition, talking about some of the ways that we prep for the NFL season and some guidance, maybe methodology about prepping for betting in general. Things to do, maybe things to not do, things to not overthink or not overanalyze, but things we should definitely analyze, etc. It's a whole process, right? And there's nothing better than starting the process of preparing for the NFL season, our favorite time of the year. So can't wait to get into this pod, a solo pod today. We're probably going to bring on a guest later this week, but let's get to some business first. This show is being sponsored by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign up bonus up to $250, please use the promo code Farley Odds. That's F as in Foxtrot, A-R-L-E-Y, Odds. Of course, of course terms, conditions, and location apply. BetRivers.com, 100% sign-up bonus for up to $250 using that promo code Odds. Follow us at TheOddsBreakers.com. All the great content there that is constantly flowing in about baseball, about the NFL, about the NBA, of course, more so during the season. My uh, NBA articles have come to an end, at least for now, uh, but can't wait to get that started. And a- again, probably, what, like four months from now? It's so crazy how little time is in the off season for the NBA. Uh, so that'll be back before you know it. But uh, Kiev is always capping UFC events. We got great writers for MLB. NHL season is now over, but we have tennis. We have golf. Uh, so the, the content is always constant there at the Ozbreakers, even during the summer, which is, you know, kind of downtime for a lot of us bettors as we try to uh, conquer MLB easier said than done on the bases. Uh, but check us out at oddsbreakers.com and follow the Ozbreakers across all social media. Check out the new classes up at sportswageringu.com. Just put my NBA psychology class up, some of the ways that I approach NBA betting from a psychological and sociological perspective which I think has led me to some pretty darn good success the past two years, that 57% career NBA regular season record, uh, over 130 units over two years. Uh, So I think there's something to it. But there's a lot of great classes over there on college football prep from Kyle Hunter and Nick Hub. Uh, Kiev, I believe, is in the process of uploading his UFC class. If If it hasn't been done already, I think that's coming soon as well. Uh, we're going to finalize some NBA classes as well. Kate Constable just uploaded an NBA totals and pace class, which is a very good class that she talks about things to think about as far as NBA totals. A great, a great way to prep for next season too. And we have free classes up there, classes for a very minimal cost that can help you with your betting. So check it out, sportswageringu.com, and follow at you across social media. And fa- finally, please follow me at Farley Bets. Mostly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, putting putting out a few more TikToks now. I'm you know catching up on my TikTok game. Uh, is it still the priority? It's so hard to prioritize TikTok because I largely hate it. <laughs> but um, you know, just a lot of cheap content there. But uh, happy to contribute when I can. I'll say this though, TikTok is another level when it comes to uh, negative feedback, right? uh i got i picked the yankees on on uh friday i believe which is the game they won right saturday they lost i think against the astros uh friday they won let's see let me just make sure that's right but anyway i picked the yankees um and just got lambasted just got you know ridiculed by uh the people on tiktok like you dummy you dumb shit oh no actually that was on thursday that i picked the yankees that was the better day to pick the yankees as they you know they had that comeback there in the ninth inning, um, but uh, just people aren't shy to to say really shitty shit on TikTok, um, and it's so funny, right? Because TikTok is probably the most superficial of all the social media apps, and you know things you can go to. Uh, just a lot of a lot of folks out there with very little expertise, just kind of trying to get famous with their face or through an entertaining way. Um, you know, somebody who actually cares about sports betting, somebody who won circa last year. <clears throat> and, you know, we still get um, <laughs> we still get st- stones thrown at us constantly on TikTok. It's OK. You got to got to take these things in, in stride. I'm so- certainly not going to take it very serious, but Farley Bets getting that TikTok game going. And we have great deals at the odds breakers right now for my premium packages, especially for the upcoming NFL season, also for the upcoming NBA season. Can also sign up with me throughout the summer. We are on a run right now in baseball 12 and 8 the last week. Over six units one That's 60%. So we're catching a little stride here and starting to figure out the major leagues, which is easier said than done. Uh, but there's you know, there's some patterns that are developing now. There's some things we can pick up on. And so baseball is going well. We hit a plus nine hundred bet on the Saturday UFC card. Um, that was for my man. Let me see. Let me bring it up on my uh Recent events page here. My God, you know, just things just, you know, when you need things to load up quickly, it just doesn't happen, does it? Chris Curtis, uh, by unanimous decision in that one, I was surprised that was plus, plus 900. I know, I know that Curtis has had a, you know, he has a fabulous striking, right? Had a significant striking advantage heading into this match, but Vieira brought it. But Curtis just with that strong ending, a great third round. And he got the decision victory for plus 900. So great hit there for our, our premium team with Farley Bets, High quality stuff like that is what you can expect when you sign up with me and Farley Bets. I give explanations for all my picks. I like to talk to my customers constantly, keep in touch. I never leave a question or a DM unanswered. Trust me. That's what it's all about, right? Customer service first. Uh, so, And we're, we're also betting Wimbledon this week. There's a lot, a lot going on always in the Farley Betts premium arena. So check me out at the OddsBreakers for some great deals there. And all right, now I got over all that business. Got like seven minutes in. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is prepping and betting, right? Remember when you knew that you had a presentation coming up for class, high school, college, and you were like, man, I know a lot about this topic. I don't have to prep for it. I, i'm kind of this this stuff comes easy to me right like that's how i could feel about the NFL right i could i could be i mean i could be cocky as hell right i won circle last year i don't need to prep that much this year and then you get up into the in front of the class it's time for you to give your presentation you have very little prepared your slides aren't that good or your you know visuals aren't that great and what happens you kind of stumble through it don't you Right. You're kind of clumsy. Words aren't coming through to your lips as easily. Why is that? Because lack of preparation. Right. Too much confidence. All right. How about the other extreme? You over-prepare for a presentation. You, you get really anxious about it. You get really nervous. So you hours and hours and hours on end, you prepare for things you probably don't even need to prepare for. Now, that's going to be a better presentation than the first scenario. I, I guarantee that. But sometimes the same kind of thing happens, doesn't it? You, you kind of stumble a little bit because you have so much in your mind. Okay, you could go all over the place with this. So where do you go? You kind of still end up kind of nervous because the, the, the premise behind the preparation was that you were anxious, you were nervous, you are worried. So you really, really, really wanted to do a good job. So the second option of prepping ridiculously is still better than the first. But in my opinion, it, you can have too much prep, not enough prep, and then sometimes it's just right. And I think what betters often forget or maybe we just don't think about, right? Because prepping and analyzing and, and, and you sifting through all the data that we have available to us, it's such an easy thing to get addicted to and to be obsessed about because it it creates a feeling of control. Doesn't it? It creates a feeling of security. I prep so much for this NFL season. I know what's going to happen week one. I know that this team has great potential. They're probably going to get more than 10 wins. I have, I think I have a hot take that this team is going to be a playoff team this year. Watch out for that offense, right? You just, Prep creates confidence, but it can also create arrogance. You have to prepare, but you also, you have to remain cautious and you have to remember who these teams were from last year. And the changes that were made during the offseason. you have to tread lightly about your assertions about what those changes are going to mean for these teams. Because at the end of the day, there are so many variables that are impossible to know before heading into the season. You don't know who's going to get injured. You don't know how these new relationships from draft picks, new coaches, free agent signings, how they're going to work in this new organization, in this new culture. Everything sounds and seems shiny and bright from the outside looking in, exciting. From the outside looking in but then when the season starts and linebackers have to work together safeties have to work together together special teams does running backs quarterbacks wide receivers offensive lines coaches there's a depth of variance that is impossible to prep for unless you are with that team every single day if you're a coach if you're on the staff of the dallas cowboys and if you're one of the staff of the dallas cowboys and you have an objective unbiased perspective and you're just on the sidelines watching them you might have a really 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 good idea of what's going to happen for them this season but you're you're about the only person on this earth who does And I see a lot of sports bettors, old and new, getting really excited, you know, getting really jacked up about the prep that they're doing in the offseason. Because again, preparation creates security. It creates a sense of control, a sense of predictability. And especially with all the data that's out there today, we can back up our claims and our hot takes with mountains of data, right? Mountains. Oh, I'm going to tell you why the Broncos are going to go deep into the playoffs this year. Here's why. Because they did this, they did that, they did this. You know, and they didn't do well this year, but now they got this guy. This guy did really well in previous years and previous teams. So this year on this team, he's going to do really good. So it's just really easy to to get that hubris entering into the season and when we're talking about betting approaches and philosophies and strategies, in this industry, it's it's not acceptable to to not prep, right? You have to prep. If you enter week one and you didn't really do much prep, you don't know who the new players are, the new coaches are. You haven't been listening to you know scouting reports and spring uh, you know spring training and the preseason and like all the different things that are going on with these players, and you just enter week one like all right. Miami Dolphins, I think, are pretty good. Let's see. Yeah, let's see how they do week one against Patriots. <laughs> I mean, you're just obviously you're not going to have the same level of understanding, right? But at the same time, you have to you have to keep an open mind. You have to keep a humility about what's going to happen as well. And when we talk about things like power ratings. My approach is I do not change power ratings for my teams heading into this season since the end of last season unless I think some of the changes that were made are going to make massive changes in the culture and or the production of the team. And that is a big claim to make, right? We all go crazy about the NFL draft. The NFL draft is a show these days, right? It's an absolute show. You saw saw all the people that showed up to Vegas this year. That was amazing. But I dare say there are very, very, very few players who are going to make a real true impact year one on their teams. Very rare players do that. So with that, I'd like to go through the AFC conference, each division in the AFC conference, break down some of the changes that they made this year. And then then I can speak to how much I think, I think, not know. I think that that could change this year, right? A perspective power ratings from the end of the year until now, how much has changed, how much really matters, what we can expect from these teams. And again, you're going to hear an air of humility throughout this whole thing for me because I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. That's gonna, you know, I mean, guys out there like Warren sharp, amazing, amazing preparation that he gives, right? He sells his, his stuff where he goes over every team and every, you know, the situations that he thinks that they need to improve upon. I mean, the the guy is Warren Sharp. He's sharp, okay? Um, But I'm not that guy because I found that prepping a certain amount while not going overboard and staying humble has worked out for me season upon season. So let's talk, first of all, about strength of schedule, which I'm going to go back to Warren Sharp on this one. And that's the great thing about today, right, 2022, since there's so much great data out there and there's so many people working so hard to create such great data, uh, there's certain things you can trust. You know, you could at least gain a starting perspective or purview about certain aspects to uh, a given NFL team's season, such as strength of schedule, right? And we look at a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who I'm going to talk about here soon, but we didn't love what they did this offseason. There isn't much to be that excited about. And they have, well, clearly, right, according to projected win totals for makers, the hardest schedule in the NFL. Teams like the Steelers, really tough schedule. Bengals, tough schedule. I mean, they're coming off a Super Bowl, being in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they are going to have a tough schedule. Rams, obviously, but teams like the Raiders, even the Texans, the Jets, tough schedules because of the opponents that they have because of the the division that they're facing. And then how about the frisky little NFC East, who I think has the NFC East as a whole, I think, has improved a lot already in the offseason. And they have an easy schedule. The Giants and Eagles had two of the easiest schedules in the NFL this year. Of course, you know, part of this is because they play in the NFC East. Uh, But the commanders do. The Cowboys are considered top 10, easiest schedule in the NFL, according to Warren Warren Sharp. Uh, Teams like Green Bay, Minnesota, Carolina, San Francisco, the Bills, the Broncos, kind of right there in the middle. But strength of schedule, and if you want to get even deeper, Pythagorean win totals, um, Pythagorean theorem, that's something that Kiev talks about a lot. And that you know that's a deeper uh, projection of what we can expect in wins this year, based off of previous years and this year's strength of schedule and you know team ratings in Vegas. Um, but strength of schedule is important; it's as important as any element to projecting an NFL season. Right, the Giants now. I'm not going to talk about the Giants much in this podcast. If you have listened to laying the points, you'll know that I am a New York Giants fan and I'm the last person to freak out and to think that my New York Giants are going to be really good this year. You know, I'm, I, trust me, I'm the last person to think that. But there is some considerable changes on the New York Giants this year. You know, I mean, Brian Dayball, there is only positive things that I'm hearing from Giants camp about him, about the way he treats his players, about the way he treats coaches. Remember, they're coming off a of coach and Joe Judge, who was making coaches, veteran coaches run laps in practice. Okay, so Joe Joe Judge, you know, just like Josh McDaniels probably did in his first stint as a coach, trying to be a little too much like Bill Belichick. You got to be your own dude, like it just like it doesn't work if you're Joe Judge, obviously. But the Giants are going from that culture to Brian Dayball. Who's a, seems like a guy's guy, he's a football guy, he's a people guy. Uh, and I and then he, you know, they hired offensive coordinator Mike Kafka from Kansas City, the quarterback coach. He's got he's got a pretty good background. And then they hired Don Wink Martindale from the Ravens as defensive coordinator. He's got a pretty good background. He's probably gonna bring those aggressive blitzing schemes like he did with the Ravens, which I think is only good for the New York Giants, who desperately need more of a pass rush. There's just a lot of buy signs on the Giants right now as far as not n- not to be a playoff team or a great team necessarily, but to get better. And if you have the easiest projected schedule in the NFL, some of that is going to be correct, right? So what I like to do in these situations is while strength of schedule is far from completely accurate, right? Because we see it every year. There are teams who we don't think are going to be very good that turn out to be very talented, very feisty. There are teams we think are going to be good that seem to fall. So it's never that it's never completely accurate, but if you look at the extremes, teams like the Giants, Eagles, Colts, Bears on the easy side and teams like the Chiefs, Rams, Raiders, Steelers on the hard side, you can at least project that those teams are going to have an easier than expected or harder than expected schedule this year. Everyone else in that median area kind of tougher to to know how much we should grade the rest of their season, you know, based on the strength of schedule. Now I'm going to kind of breeze through the AFC and these divisions and just give my initial thoughts. Um, And I just hope that you can get, you know, get, get an idea of just how I approach this from the beginning and how serious I take it or how not so serious I take it. Right. Because I do think that that is a big part of prepping for the NFL the right way. Is being confident in what you already know, being speculative about the things you don't really know, but still prepping and projecting based on things that you see a lot of potentiality in. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, who I do think could be, I mean, I do think they're going to be a top five team in the NFL this year. And I think this could easily be their best chance to go to the Super Bowl this year. And one of the biggest reasons for that is the depth they added on defense, right? They they had pressure a lot last year, but they didn't get to the quarterback as much as they wanted to. Adding someone like Von Miller, who we saw what he did in the Super Bowl. We saw what he did in the playoffs. You know, he was kind of, you know, falling out of vogue a little bit. You know, he didn't look as sharp as he did in the past. Obviously, injuries has limited him. But he showed up for the Rams, and now he's going to be on another winning team who has Super Bowl aspirations. And he's a great veteran presence. They also signed Tim Settle, great on run defense. Uh, They got a guy like Roger Saffold, good guard. O.J. Howard at tight end, maybe they can turn him into something. The Bills do not have a lot of weaknesses. And their defense kind of let down a little bit last year, right? A lot of high-scoring games for the Bills. They stepped up a little bit in certain spots in the playoffs, etc., but they need more consistency. And who they added in the offseason to an already very talented team, a great culture led by Josh Allen, obviously. They're set up for a lot of success this year. So my, you know, my uh thesis on the Bills is an already great team just got even better. You just got even more experience. And of course, you know, coming off that OT game, some of the heartbreak that the Bills have experienced in recent times, uh, this feels like a big year for them. Dolphins, there's a lot to talk about the Dolphins, right? They have a lot of speed on offense, guys. I mean, Tyreek Hill, obviously, that trade is going to bring a tremendous amount of speed and separation and space for that offense in the passing game. But they also brought in Raheem Moster. That's a gr- that's a great add for San Francisco. Super, super fast running back, right? Lightning speed. Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds, not too bad either. Uh, Cedric Wilson right wide receiver speed small but speed like today added to Ron Armstead offensive tackle and what's not talked about as much in the sport like the NBA right because it's a superstar driven league coaches matter in the NFL they matter culture team you know discipline structure schemes You know, Tom Brady did not win the Super Bowl for the Bucs two years ago. That was a team. And a lot of that game was won by the Tampa Bay defense. Right? And a lot of that is because of the superior leadership and coaching that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had in that season. Mike McDaniels, coming from San Francisco, sharp guy, you know, kind of dorky but doesn't take himself very seriously. There's a lot to like about that guy. A lot of innovation, a lot of creativity, looks at football differently. Dolphins are going to be a really interesting team. Do I think that they're going to be a great team? Not really. You know, I mean, Tua has a lot to prove still, guys. He has a lot to prove. And, of course, Tyreek is going to say a lot of things to support Tua right now. He still has a lot to prove. Because now, just like old Danny Dimes and the Giants, there's not a lot of excuses for Tua to fail this year. You got some new additions on the O line. You got a lot of speed on your offense. And we already know that that the Dolphins have some guys on defense. I mean, they are a formidable defense. Their defense is what usually kept them in games. Interesting team. Not gonna pull the trigger and be like, Oh, the Dolph- the Dolphins are gonna go neck and neck with the Bills. Nah, I don't know about all that. But they're gonna be feisty, I think. Not much of my power ratings is changing about the Dolphins just yet. Slight, slight upticks, of course, on offense, but we have to see how it gels. We have to see how it works. Patriots, great signing in Trent Brown, re-signed James White. That's a good one, McCourty and Slater. You know, their backfield is is solid. Uh, There's still some questions at cornerback. There's still going to be a lot of questions about their ability at wide receiver. Um, Again, the Patriots to me are. A mediocre to mediocre good team led by the best coach, football coach of all time, who is probably in his last few years in the NFL. I mean, you know, when you get into your 70s, there's only there's only so long you're going to keep coaching. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't care who you are. Right. Um, and if this is one of those years where the Patriots kind of start off a little shaky. You know, maybe Bill starts signals that start going to the brain, like, hey, man, you know, we we, we are known. I'm known as the best football coach of all time. I think it's okay to hang it up now, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm not going to say much about the Patriots right now because I don't think they did that much. I don't think there's too much to get that excited about. You know, their defense is definitely going to be healthier and solidified, but not much changing in my power rankings right now for the Patriots. A lot of talk about the Jets. Right. They had a great draft. Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, the second defensive end edge. They needed that guy. I think he has a lot of upside. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State, speedy guy. Ohio State is kind of a wide receiver machine. Right. They just churn them out. I like Lakin Tomlinson as a good old line addition. Jets have good young talent on this team. Right. Really good young talent. And. But, again, it's going to come down to quarterback. Zach Wilson, is he going to take a step up this year? Um, are we going to see a different version of him in the sense that he's going to kind of settle down, maybe not force the ball downfield? He can make some great throws. Obviously a talented arm. But the the, the uh, you know decision-making, maybe some of the athletic ability is questionable. Uh, hopefully the O-line additions help. Um, but I'm not – I'm also not thinking that the Jets are going to jump off the board as like, whoa, the Jets in 2022, this is a new team to be dealt with, brother. I don't know. So we'll see what happens there with New York, or the New York Giants' little brother, as we like to call him. Sorry. You know, win a Super Bowl, and then uh, maybe I'll think otherwise. But um, a lot depends on Zach Wilson, and that's just a huge question mark. But they got some guys on offense. They got some guys on defense. A lot of young players. A lot of development to happen. So still probably very much a developmental team. I think the Bills are going to be the class of the AFC East, and I think it's going to be a little more separation this year. I think the Dolphins and Patriots are going to fight for that number two spot, and I really do believe that the Patriots are going to start to fall. I mean, it's it's due, right? I think, I think we're due here for Billy B. And if they're going to start, Matt Patricia – as an offensive coach, offensive coordinator potentially, um, yikes. You 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 have to raise a big red flag with that one. Because what has Matt Patricia proved that he can do for an offense? He was the defensive coordinator for the for the Patriots. Um, so I don't know. You know, you get to 70, you've done it all, Billy B. And you know, maybe you know, maybe you're starting to go off the wall a little bit here. Let's move to the AFC North Ravens. Uh I think the Ravens could have the best defense in the NFL this year. Um, They're getting healthy. They signed Kyle Hamilton, who I think is probably one of the best draft picks. You know, again, you got to take that lightly, right? Because what the hell do we know? But Kyle Hamilton, longtime Notre Dame safety, uh, very solid guy. Um, You know, I think he's going to be an immediate NFL starter, and he's going to add to that. Marcus Williams at safety. They have a lot of speed on offense still. You know, I know they got rid of Hollywood Brown, but they still got a lot of speed. J.K. Dobbins is coming back. Their defense is big. Their defense is going to be hard hitting. Um, and Lamar Jackson, you know, I mean, looking at some of the drills that he's running in the offseason, how how egoless he is, and how cohesive this team seems to be. I know NFL teams are starting to figure out Lamar Jackson, right? Blah, blah, blah when you de- add a J.K. Dobbins into that mix, um, you know, you still have a ton of speed on that offense. And I think you have an even better defense this year, a defense that's going to that showed showed its potential last year. But I think it's going to be much more consistent this year. Um, I think the Ravens are really the team that's going to have to be dealt with here in the FC North. Uh, I did give the ratings. I did give the Ravens some power ratings upticks in in my pre. NFL season analysis thus far because how can I not? I mean, they are they're loaded, they're well coached. We know that. Um, I mean, they still need size of wide receiver. That's that's a big thing, you know. Mark Andrews can only do so much, uh, and he keeps on getting the ball. He keeps on catching it. He's doing well, but they need one other wide receiver to really step up. To really step up and do something, and do something great, you know. And they they drafted that kid again. A lot of potential. We'll see. Um, but, uh, as long as they got Lamar, I mean, L- Lamar and JK Dobbins alone, the option speed that they can create there is scary. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Steelers defense, you might again, have the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, but that kind of speed, you're not as fast as Lamar Jackson. You're not as fast as JK Dobbins. Sorry, you're not. And when there's like multiple options and you got, uh, what, uh, uh, a Devernay, um, you know, these little speedy wide receivers coming around back too, they could create a lot of schemes and a lot of new creative looks that these teams haven't seen before. So I think I think there's a lot to be excited about the Ravens this year. Um they rose in my power ratings, and for me, they're the favorites in the FC North. And they are the favorites even over the Cincinnati Bengals, who they signed, Lyle Collins. From the Cowboys, uh, you know, great tackle. Obviously, they also got a guard, a center, nice depth um, added there to their offensive line, nice depth added in the draft on defense. Um, But to me, the Bengals feel a little bit like a Cinderella story last year. I love Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. I love Joe Burrow. Um, But the AFC North is a – in my opinion, they are the best – division in the NFL and we're going to talk about even more so why I think that's the case because of the Steelers still not going anywhere Um, and I think it's just going to be really tough for the Bengals to come out of the AFC North this year as that division winner with the Ravens looking how they look with the Steelers I think probably surprising a lot of people this year again I'll talk a little bit more about that and even though it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson is going to play this year I mean that's the latest we've heard we don't know that yet and if Deshaun Watson does play, with some of the other, um, you know, with, with with all the other elements that the Browns already have on their teams, such a great offensive line, a two-headed monster at running back, they signed Amari Cooper, they got okay defensive draft picks, but let's face it, they really didn't need that much. The Browns are still loaded. I can't stand Baker Mayfield. You guys know that. <laughs> I think I think he was a uh, liability for that team. If Deshaun Watson can play half of the season, I do think. You know, I mean, he's going to be cold coming in, right? But once he warms up, that could be a very scary team. Um, So the Bengals, in my opinion, might take a step back this year. But if they can get Joe Burrow protection, which is something we all know he has not had, and he's still been a great success, then there are reasons to get excited about the Bengals, too. For now, I'm leaving them exactly where they are. In my power ratings, as an above-average team, we should make the playoffs Um, or have a decent shot at making the playoffs, but it's going to be tough. I and mean, when we talk about the Browns, it's really tough because there's a lot of speculation. Baker Mayfield looks like he's probably going to Seattle now. I, I love that. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see Baker Mayfield behind a terrible offensive line, which is probably what the Seahawks will have again. That is going to be hilarious. Mark my fucking words. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> my My hatred of uh baker mayfield is 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 a a real thing i don't know why it's so deep a guy like i don't know the guy just annoys me um and i don't think he's that talented at all but uh yeah the browns man it's just tough to talk about him much at all because everything that's up in the air with uh deshaun watson but like i said when they get deshaun back you know amari cooper starting i mean they they have got they got some guys they got a lot of guys on offense they have an offense when these guys get healthy and when they finally come back, I mean, Watson, Chubb, Amari Cooper, Njoku, a great offensive line still, um, right? You still got Kareem Hunt who can mix things up, that you know two-headed monster at running back. Um, and they got guys on defense. I mean, the Browns could be as good as they want to be, and now they don't have bigger holding them back. The Browns, for now, staying right where they are. But if Deshaun doesn't start, obviously, if Deshaun is kept off the field and we see like a Jacoby Brissett, uh, Josh Dobbs or something, uh, then obviously we have to pull back on any of the potential that the Browns have this year, especially if that's a half a season or a full season situation. All right, let's talk about those Pittsburgh Steelers. Always a topic of controversy when you talk about them because I think people just want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers lose a little bit more. But that's not what Mike Tomlin does, is it? He doesn't lose. He doesn't have losing seasons. Um, and you know I've been talking about it in my futures plays. The Steelers are at what seven and a half? That's a, that's insane for uh, futures, in my opinion, because all they do is win. I think Mitch Trubisky could be a great fit for this team. I don't care if he throws twenty interceptions; he can still he's still going to be way more mobile than Ben was. He, I mean he could he, we could see him easily as an upgrade to Ben Rollinsberger last year. He's got the arm power. He can get the ball in there if he needs to. Uh, I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the world. I think he was in a very bad situation for Chicago with no wide receivers, with a bad coach, uh, with just, I mean, offensive line, running back. What did Mitch Trubisky have to work with? And I'm not saying he's going to light the Steelers on fire this year, but I think there's potential for him. And then this Kenny Pickett kid who everybody just knows that Kenny Pickett is going to suck, I don't know. He, you know, he's really, really happy to be in Pittsburgh like a humble kid, right? He gets to go from Pitt, stay in Pittsburgh. And they got a running back like Najee Harris, who's a bowling ball. Uh, Deontay Johnson is starting to shine as a wide receiver. Chase Claypool has way too big of an ego, but he is very good. I mean, if they can check him a little bit, you know, he's still going to be respectable. I love that they signed Miles Jack. Miles Jack needed a resurgence in his career. He's still a linebacker who can – contribute at a really high level. It brings that veteran experience. He's hungry. They still got Minkin Fitzpatrick right there. They still got T.J. Watt, by the way, the, probably the best edge rusher in the game right now with Cameron Hayward. I don't know. You know, again, uh, it's just easy to be like, well, Mitch uh, Jabisky, Kenny Pickett, uh, good luck, Steelers. Uh, it's the Steelers. And their defense is going to be able to keep them in most games. Mike Tomlin's gonna to be able to keep them in most games with the way that he calls plays and and you know commands this team. And as long as Mitch Trubisky and or Kenny Pickett don't turn the ball over too much, don't make stupid ass plays in every single game, they're gonna be in these games. You know, week one, they're six point underdogs. And I know it's on the road, I know it's a tough game against the Bengals, but I'm taking that all day. It's probably gonna be a circuit pick, which maybe I shouldn't give that out this early. Of course, I don't know if that's going to be our circuit pick. But the Steelers are not going down in my power ratings. They're staying right where they were, and I'm ready to pull the trigger on maybe saying that they could get some upgrades this year. Maybe they can be even better. Let's go to the AFC South. The Texans obviously at the you know they had some good opportunities in the draft. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. Should be an immediate presence, arguably the best quarterback in the draft, has great hands, size. Uh, I like that they signed Kenyon Green, offensive lineman from A- AM, solid starter there. Uh, good re-signing and Desmond King Jr., who now is their longest tenured cornerback. Uh, and Davis Mills is, you know, he's not soft. Uh, he has more confidence than people have confidence in him. And he was far from the worst. First year quarterback last year, you know, obviously didn't have a you know a ton of bright moments all year, but he kept the ship afloat. He kept the ship afloat, (laughs) and uh, you know, my question here is, you know, Lovey Smith as their new coach, Lovey Smith hasn't had a ton of success, um, but they got some good, nice young players. I think they could upset a few teams this year. Texans are probably going to be at the bottom of this division again with the Jags, but um, I, I mean, I'd rather pick the Texans. Texans than the Jags right now. But although that being said, the biggest change for the Jags is their most important change. It's, you know, Doug Peterson, new coach at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they have an adult in the room, right? They have somebody who, who's been around who led the team to a Super Bowl. They signed one of the best uh, guards in the league and Brandon Scherf. Um, let's see what happens with Evan Ingram and that sign. There's still a lot of upside to that kid, but you know, I, I'm coming from the Giants. I think he's pretty soft. Uh, Trayvon Walker's a great draft pick, you know, edge rusher from Georgia. Christian uh, Kirk has a lot of speed uh, and Trevor Lawrence probably going to improve. I mean, from what we think on paper about this kid and his potential, he's a, is the reason why he was the number one draft pick. Um, so, you know, Jacksonville, they have talent. They have a new start. That was an awful, awful year last year for them for that shit show. So, um, you know, look, I mean, the Jags, are they still going to be probably great as one of the worst teams in the NFL for me? Yes, but I ticked them up a few marks because I love that Doug Peterson is their new coach. Um, you know, I think he's a good fit down there. You know, I mean, he's always wearing that visor hat anyway, right? So might as well be in, in a, you know, warmer warmer environment. Um, they got some more speed on offense. Trevor Lawrence now has a year in the system. They're going to need some help on defense, but um, – I don't think I don't think they're the worst team in the league this year. I really don't. Let's go to the Colts. Matt Ryan is a big question mark for me. Can Matt Ryan get the job done? Of course he can. Is the arm strength still there though? As much? No. Um, you know, I mean, Alex Pierce is a good draft pick from Cincinnati. You know, could could uh, really help them there at at the wide receiver uh, uh, position, but the wide receiver depth is still up for questioning. Of course. Um. You know, the Pittman juniors been stepping up a little bit, but not very consistent. Uh, I love that they signed Yannick Ngakwe. That's a really good signing for them on defense. I mean, their defense, again, is is, is loaded, right? So their their defense can keep them in games for sure. We'll see about Matt Ryan. I don't think he's much of an upgrade from Carson Wentz. You know, he's he's uh, in his heyday. Matt Ryan was one of the best throwers in the NFL. He's not in his heyday anymore. Uh, he's not mobile. You know it's a good veteran presence, but you know this is the twilight of his career, so we're gonna have to see. Uh, the Titans took a notch. Uh, you know I I knocked them down a few notches, guys, in my power rankings this year because I think AJ Brown's really important for them. Uh, I like that they reassigned Ben Jones, one of the best centers in the NFL, one of the one of the least heralded centers in the NFL. Uh, you know Traylon Burks, great draft pick, great game speed. I think he could be a good wide receiver, but he's not AJ Brown. You know, A.J. Brown fits so well into that offense because of the physicality and the size that he brings. Um, I think it's just going to be tough for, you know, obviously an offense that is, you know, run by Derrick Henry, right? He's he's kind of the, you know, he, he's the fire starter for this team on offense, right? He's a bowling ball. He has a, he's a good offensive line that he runs behind. That's not going anywhere. He looks great in the offseason as usual. Um but I just I don't know if there's enough talent at wide receiver. I don't know if there's enough as much depth as they need on offense uh, to keep them in games like they were able to last year. And I think just a huge part of that is AJ Brown. We saw it time and time again. AJ Brown is a top five wide receiver in the NFL for me. And you know, maybe maybe not for a lot of people, but I think that's a great pickup for the Eagles who have needed that's the exact player that the Eagles have needed at wide receiver for a very long time. And now Tannehill just doesn't have him, right? Robert Woods, decent pickup. Robert Woods can get deep, but he's small. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I think the Titans, if anything, could take a step back this year. Um, you know, maybe this is the Colts year, maybe this is Matt. Matt Ryan's in a great spot to kind of take them to the next level. But in general, the, the, the offenses in the AFC South are not are not looking that sharp to me. So if uh King Henry is not getting 150 yards per game on the you know on the ground, I think a lot of defenses can singularly plan to just try and stop him. And we'll go from there. And I think that could work. And finally, let's talk about the AFC West, which you know, Chiefs are kind of in trouble, if you ask me, guys um and no other offseason have the other three teams in this division been as aggressive right we'll start with Russell Wilson for the Denver Broncos this is a team that already has good depth on defense i mean they they had to answer some question marks about their uh secondary excuse me but i think they did that in the offseason there's certainly questions about depth at offensive line still for this team who was a pretty decent run offensive line last year but inconsistent still at best at that you know probably still a bottom third unit um but here's the thing russell wilson has been playing behind bad offensive lines his whole career uh he's got some guys obviously on offense to help him out you know this is a team who has Cortland sutton uh who's a a very good wide receiver in rp and jerry judy uh he could still do more obviously a solid wide receiver now He's, he's been their number one guy uh, maybe he's their number two guy now actually, but, um, and you know, on defense they still have, they still have Bradley Chubb. I mean, they still have Pat, Patrick Sertan second, who looked like a starter in the NFL all year last year. He was ready to go. Dealt with some injuries, but, but he's back. Ronald Darby is going to be back. Um, you know, Ronald Gregory, Mike Purcell, Jay Jones, Alex Singleton, a lot of potential for the Denver Broncos this year. I couldn't help, but add a few points in my power ratings because of their uptick on offense. I mean, Russell Wilson is about as big of an upgrade at quarterback as you can get for this Broncos team. You know, I know Russ is not in the prime of his career necessarily either, but he's the closest thing we get in the NFL to a LeBron James with the way that he preps his body, the way that he stays ready all the time. You know, even if he's injured, right, he's out for like one game, he comes right back. Um, Russell Wilson Wilson is going to give this team a chance throughout the year. Their defense is going to keep them in games as well. And I like the signing. I like the new coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Years of success, obviously, as the Green Bay offensive coordinator. I mean, Matt LaFleur probably helped with that. Uh, But that's a good team with good experience that he comes from. And you can say, well, he had Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's now – he's about to have Russell Wilson. Uh, And in my opinion, that's not that big of a change. If Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL still – Russell Wilson to me is still top five because he is that kind of quarterback who can – he right, he's just going to win the game for you, right? In two minutes, do you trust anyone more than Russell Wilson? I, I might trust him more than Aaron Rodgers. So um jury is still out about the Broncos. Let's not go crazy, but there are reasons to be excited, and obviously the biggest reason is Russell Wilson – and I like Nathaniel Hackett for this team too. I think he's a good fit. I think they need more focus on their offense. The defense is there. The leadership is there for their defense, and then they're they're going to give these teams in the AFC West problems. Now let's talk about those Chiefs. You know they got Justin Reed, pretty good safety. Juju Smith-Schuster signed a wide receiver. I guess that's going to help a little bit with Tyreek being gone, but I don't know. And Juju's good. He's not Tyreek. And they have some real potential problems on defense. I mean, I don't see a ton of help for them in in, uh, uh, the pass rushing to help Chris Jones. There's just not a ton of depth there on defense in general. Offense is going to have to keep them in these games. Look, it's still Andy Reid. It's still Patrick Mahomes. They still got speedy wide receivers. We see their fourth and fifth and sixth wide receivers make plays, score touchdowns. You know, they got a bunch of, like, Tyreek one B's, okay. So they still got speed, and they still got they still got Kelsey. You know, in my opinion, still the best tight end in the NFL. But problems on defense for the Chiefs this year. That's not looking good. So the Chiefs have taken a little hit from me in my power ratings. Uh, they're going to have to really fish themselves out of some of these games. It's not going to be easy, and it's only getting harder because now you got teams like the Chargers. Who are looking like one of the better teams or one of the better upcoming teams in the league? Probably a surefire playoff team in the future behind behind Justin Herbert. Hard to not get excited about Justin Herbert. Um, he's got—I mean—that kid is—and he's been NFL already since his first snap. You know his preparation, his arm talent, um, and now you gave him Gerald Everett to add to his passing attack. Who is a underrated, underestimated tight end, uh, did great things for the Rams. You added Khalil Mack, who, again, uh, just like Miles Jack, I I feel like Khalil Mack needs – he needed like a resurgence. You know, He needed a new team, a winning team to get on, to get excited about. Um, The Chargers have a ton of talent on their team at almost every position. We're keeping the Chargers right where they are, but we are ready to pull the trigger and say that they're one of the best teams in the AFC West and maybe one of the best teams in the AFC. Have to see it first. Have to see how this team gels. But I I like their potential this year, and I like their potential, even in this division. I would not be surprised if the Chargers beat the Chiefs twice. I'll put it that way. Chris, you're going crazy. You're, you're saying the Chiefs suck. No, I'm not. I'm just saying the Chiefs are heading in the opposite direction than the Chargers, I think. And Patrick Mahomes – Maybe an offense that doesn't have as many options. If Patrick Mahomes gets injured or if Patrick Mahomes, who we saw last year was turning the ball over a lot, a little more than usual, looked a little more confused. This is the second year for that offensive line. Now it's coming together. So hopefully it's a little better for him. You know, there's a lot of new guys in that O line last year. Um, But man, I don't know. Could be, could be some new, uh, could be some new things going on here in the in the AFC West, some some new teams, new coaches and charge. And finally, let's talk about the Raiders, who I think there's uh, plenty to get excited about for the Raiders, too. Josh McDaniels now his second head coaching stint. You know He was fired 10 years ago in his first gig with the Broncos. He had an OK start to that gig, a bad ending, obviously, with some of the, uh, you know, the filming controversy, you know, whatever, che- cheating, whatever. Um, he was trying to strong arm his style like Bill Belichick again. Hopefully, he just becomes his own man now. Devonte Adams is a huge upgrade for the Raiders. I mean, this is a team that is loaded on offense. There's no, mis- there's no arguing that. Josh Jacobs, Devin Waller, Devonte Adams, Renfro. I mean, less controversy in general with John Gruen out of there. Play calling probably going to be better with Josh McDaniels. Um, and their defense. Right, Max Crosby is back. Max Crosby is a man possessed and he has like a new outlook on life right has some problems in the past now he got a new contract he's getting paid he's happy that's a dangerous man and now they brought in Chandler Jones who's going to have another beast in Max Crosby to work with and to get to the quarterback look they have a lot of questions still a linebacker and in their secondary but the Raiders if they can get some good pass rush they're going to be a better team this year, in my opinion. Or I see that I should say, right? I kind, of, I kind of said that too authoritative. I think they're going to be a better team this year. Um, so the AFC West is really interesting. Chargers better. Broncos better. Raiders better. Chiefs might be worse. And the Chiefs are still probably a top 10, top maybe top five team in the league. We'll see. But things just got more difficult. That's for damn sure. So evaluating this AFC conference. We'll talk about the NFC next week. I want to get into a deeper dive with that, some of the additions, some of the things we like and don't like. I already spoke about Brian Dayball because I couldn't help myself with the New York Giants. I think there's going to be some good things there. I think there's some other coaching changes, like with the Vikings, that I think could go really well for them and mean improvements for them. Great reports coming out of their camp, too. Pay attention to the intangibles heading up to the NFL season. Pay attention to what players and local media reporting is saying about the culture the coaching, you know, how, how the players feel, how they're gelling. That's really important. And I know it's hard to measure, but the, the NFL, more than any other sport, it's like two armies going against each other, right? And the army that that loves each other, that's in sync, that has chemistry and great coaching, those the, that's the army that's going to win because they stick to their game plan, they know who they are, um, and they're the most consistent, you know. So pay attention to things like that leading up to the NFL season. Hope to bring another guest on my show later in this week. We can talk about some more betting tactics, maybe some other sports, maybe some more NFL. Till next time, guys, a little bit about my betting approach to the NFL and just prepping for betting for a new season in general. Laying the points with Farley Betts. We'll return until next time. See you all later. Let's win some damn money.